When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. This is Sports Day. This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you once again. Hope you've had a fantastic day and thanks for being with us. And Just Quality Home Improvements open line is 1300 736 736 if you want to have a chat about anything sport. And text in 0427-154-166 if you're a little bit shy. Men's, how are you? I'm going well, Bonds. A little bit cooler today than yesterday. So nice conditions pleasant. here in Adelaide. Yeah, very pleasant. Great way to put it. But um, massive show tonight. Uh, my All-American Sports will be at the end of the show. We're going to chat with Adelaide United goalkeeper Joe Gauchy. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I, I haven't spoken to Joe before. And yeah, I think uh, I think that'll be good. So Reds fans, stay with us. Joe Gauchy coming up later in the show. Um, time for the hot topic. Thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions, men's. Yeah, looking forward to this. So with the WBBL final on Saturday, they have finished their season, which means it's time for the Big Bash season to kick off. And Thursday night, we will have the start of the Big Bash season, yes. which uh, they've changed a couple of things. So we might just go through potentially uh, some of the changes. Well, the biggest change, men's, is that the competition's reverted back to a 10-game regular season. So, which is right, I think. Which is what everyone was screaming out for. So what they've done, uh, they've reduced it to 10 games. It means uh, there's a 40 home and away match season in uh, BBL 13. Each club plays others twice. And yep. then there'll be a couple other games, but yeah, a couple of Melbourne derbies, a couple of Sydney derbies. Yeah. Yeah. So what what it was in the past was it was the 14 games. So it yes. just dragged on a little bit too long. It, um, it went through, we've got the Australian Open tennis that comes up in January and it yep. just it dragged on a bit. I feel like the excitement for it at the start of the season is elite. And then by the end of it, it does feel like it's been going for a long time. So I think they have got this right and they've nailed it and starts Thursday. It does. They got a little bit greedy, I think. And, but now they're uh, back to the 10 game regular season, five home games per team, which means should bring bigger crowds yep. to those games and uh, starts Thursday, the heat taking on the stars and speaking of stars, these guys are going to play. Labashane's playing, Kawaj is playing, Maxwell is playing, Stoinis is playing. Wow. That's going to be a great way to kick off the Big Bash. Uh, 
We'll get a little competition, which we will get to in around about five or ten minutes' time. We'll talk about that. But let's do it. Let's have a little deep dive and a preview into the Big Bash, upcoming Big Bash season. So we'll start with the Strikers. Now, they were really disappointing last year. Mm-hmm. Won five of their 14 games, missed out on finals. We know that. Top of the order, Matt Shaw. He was named the Big Bash player of the tournament last year. So he had a great season, an average of 35. He made 458 runs. He will open the batting again this year. We've got some really nice inclusions, which we're going to need because we know Rashid Khan's out. That's a big loss. It's huge it goes loss. without saying. Um, Captain but, obvious. No, it does. But So some of those guys were brought in. So Baisley, Doggett, Darcy Short, Jamie Overton, and David Payne. Yes. So it's five nice players there um, that not everyone might know everything about those guys either. No, David Payne is the late, is the replacement for Rash. Uh, he's an English left armour. Um, bowls at the death. He played for the Scorchers last year. Yep. So people would know him. Jamie Overton's the one that uh, not many may know here in Australia, but he he is a very, very good short-form cricketer. And I think he, he was the number one draft pick for the strike for Jason yeah. Gillespie and his team. Yeah, it's a good get. It's a really good get. The other one that I think is a really good get is Darcy Short. He's been player of the tournament twice so yes. far in the Big Bash. So if he can regain some of that form, there is every chance we're going to open with two players that have been player of the tournament in the last few seasons, which is Matt Short and Darcy Short. A couple of lean seasons for yep. Darcy, but a change is as good as a holiday, well, they say. Who came in at number three, the exact example of that, and that's Chris Lynn. So let's have a look at the projected starting 11 for our opening game, which is when? Uh, Saturday night. It is. Against the Heat. So our opening game, this is the 11 that I've got down here, Bonds. Let me know if I've missed anyone or if it's maybe going to be different. So both shorts will open. Matt and Darcy Short, I think, will come in at one and two. Chris Lynn at three. Adam Hose at four. Overton at five, which leaves Baisley at six. Now, again, this one's up for grabs. It depends whether Carey's playing or not. If he is, then he's going to be higher up the order. If he's not, then Nielsen's at seven. You've got Agar at eight. Dogger at nine. This is the other one. Boyce, I've got at ten. But again... Does Travis Head play? They play a test match just five days later. And then you've got David Payne at 11. So what might change there? Uh, maybe got Adam Hose a little high. Yep. I think he'll bat down a little bit. Yep. Um, you know, then, well, if Carey yeah. and Head play, he definitely will bat well, down. Well, if, if Carey plays, he opens. Yes. And if Trav plays, he bats three. Okay. So, all right, let's look at it that way then. If Matt Shaw opens with Carey and Trav plays and comes in at three, does Chris Lynn go to four? Uh, Chris Lynn might miss out if Trav is playing. Whoa. Whoa. He, he might. Yeah, I mean, he had He's a, a bit of a liability in the field. Yeah, he had a great tournament last he year. He did. He did. But uh, I don't know. Oh, it's it's going to be such a such an interesting okay, so selection. I, I think that Alex Carey will play in this first game five days before the opening test match against Pakistan. I don't think Travis Hebb will. I think that they're going to – he's coming back from India. He's We know he's had a big – Month or two, I don't know if he plays. Surely, surely he plays. Well, we might have an answer for you in the next if, if ten minutes. But we'll yeah, if Labashane, I know you got your spies on it. If Labashane and Kawaja are playing, yep, then I, that, that is a week out. This is only five days out. I know yep. it, but they have a little camp before the first test starts when they're mm. all together. Wait and see. But it's a nice batting lineup. Um, I think that we need our bowling to stand up though. Without Rashid Khan in there. We need, we've got a decent pace bowling lineup, but we're going to need the likes of Matt Short, Darcy Short, Trav, if he's playing, to be able to bowl well. And if Boyce gets a run, to be good with the ball. 
I think you, uh, people will be surprised how well Overton can bowl. I yep. think he's going to be an absolute superstar this season. Great pickup for the strikers. It is. So on to the other team. So the Brisbane Heat, they came really close last year. They finished fifth up to the regular season. But they beat the Thunder, the Renegades, and the Sixers and actually made the final. But mm. they lost to the Scorchers. Uh, they've got Nisa, they've got Swepson, they've got Spencer Johnson, a couple of nice ones in there. McSweeney from the Redbacks, he's obviously yes. of the Heat. I think they're a bit thin without the Australian players, but their bowling attack is pretty good. The Hurricanes, again, they've got some really good star-started talent here, but they haven't won a title yet with that no. list. So is Ellis, David, Caleb Jewell, McDermott, Riley Meredith – and Matty Way going to get them over the line this year? Uh, not sure. Uh, they, they're certainly capable. They are capable. Uh, the Renegades, they enjoyed a good season last year. They finished third, um, and they've acquired some really nice players. So they got Joe Clark across from the Stars. Majib Uraman's in there. Quinton de Kock they've got. Uh, and they've also now got three big signings in Adam Zampa, Nathan Lyon and Peter Siddle. So I really like what they've done with their team and their list. I think they're going to be a very good side this year, the Renegades. I agree. Uh, so that will be interesting to see. Quinton DeCock, Joe Clark and Majib. Now, their overseas players will leave after eight games, so they won't have them for the finals. But I think they're going to be a good side. They've in the past been inexperienced. Now they're probably the most experienced side in it. Yes. The Melbourne Stars, they're a little bit younger. They're going to rely heavily on Maxwell and Stoinis. We know that. But they've got Boland, Colton Nile. Uh, and Joel Paris, which is a nice pace bowling lineup. Harris Rouse in there too. The Scorchers, they just back it up every single year, don't they? They'll be around the mark. Oh, I mean, we know they're, they're such a talented lineup. They are, and their bowling lineup is AJ Tyre, Lance Morris, Jai Richardson, Agar, and Berendorf. It's elite. The Sydney Sixers, I think that they might slide a little bit. They've got basically the same squad that's been there for the last six years. So, are they going to start to age a little bit? Potentially. That's the only thing. That, that group's been together for a while. They know each other's game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't see them making the, making the finals. Yeah. And then the Sydney Thunder's the other one. Bancroft's there. Hatcher McAndrews up there. So, hopefully yep. he has a good season. Uh, David Warner, when he plays, and Alex Hales will open, up, open the batting. So, now that we've gone over each team, we might just have a look at our top four. So, Bonds, who is your top four this year? Predicted top four in the Big Bash. I've gone for the Adelaide Strikers. Uh, the Scorchers, yep. I've put the Renegades in, Ooh. and I think the Canes will win enough games in Tassie uh, to make the top four. Wow. Okay, so we've got a very similar top four here. So I, I agree. The Strikers, I think, will have enough talent in there to be able to win enough games this year, especially with their firepower at the top. The Scorchers will make the top four. That's that's an absolute certain yep. with that team. Yep. The Renegades love what they've done. They lose a couple of those imports after eight games. So they're going to need to be in the top four after eight games to stay in. I think they'll make it. And the last one for mine, you and the Canes, I'm going the Melbourne Stars. They're going to rely heavily on Maxwell and Stoinis, but they should have them for most games. Mm. I think that they can have a bounce back year. And I just it. question their bowling a little. No, I think I, their batting's definitely strong enough. Agree. They need yep. Colton Nile and these guys to stay fit. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. a good point. So we've gone the same, except you and the Hurricanes. I've gone the Stars to make the top four. Yep, and we just got a text in. Uh, just what the strikers need, a big pommy pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice. Uh, David Payne joining the strikers. <laughs> Uh, now, Bonds, we've, we've got a couple of minutes before we go to a break, but I just want to talk about the Big Bash Marathon that we've got. So, yeah, this is exciting. This is very exciting. We're going to do a tipping competition throughout the Big Bash, and we want you, everyone who is listening, to join in, to take part in this. So I'm going to pick, you're going to pick, 
We're going to have our producer, Sammy Fantasia, is going to pick. We've got uh, commentators, so that would be Chad Sayers or David Woody. David Woody, yep. That are going to put their tips in, Travis Wakeland as well. And the listeners are going to have their picks as well. So there's five game weeks across the competition. Starts this Thursday night. So there's seven games that we're going to tip for in game week one. We are going to put our tips in tomorrow night. Yes. Our seven tips. We want you at home to tip in, to text us in on 0427-154-166. We're going to go through the games tomorrow night. We want a head-to-head selection for those seven games. Yes. And we'll announce it when we know what exactly it's going to be, but there's going to be a prize. We've got some brilliant prizes that we don't actually know what they are yet, but we're, yeah, so we want everyone involved. So we'll get you to text in. Your, I guess, tips? From the first game week, which is seven games, we'll go through this five yes. game weeks throughout the Big Bash competition. And so then at the end of the competition, it will be who wins it out of myself, yourself, Sam Fantasia, our producer, the commentators, Travis Waylane, or you guys at home, the listeners. And then you might win a Dan Menzel autographed cricket bat. Or a Paul What's Bonser? that worth? Uh about as much as a cricket bat's worth. <laughs> uh, we're here for Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Kia, the Kia Epic range has arrived. All electric EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Uh, true or false is coming up on the show. Adelaide United goalkeeper Joe Gauchi. Uh, Men's All-American Sports Update. And uh, also we are here for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. We'll be back after this with Trophos. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to this summer edition of Sports ASA. Bonds and Men's with you for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. And uh, don't forget to get your business on centre court and support the South, uh, South Adelaide Netball Club in 23-24. Become a show sponsor now at sanc.com.au. You can be part of the show as well. Just Quality Home Improvements open line is 1300 736 736 or text in on 0427 154 166. But what we said, give us a call, just like Michael has. Michael, welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. And a very good evening, boys. Oh. Uh, just quickly. Yes. Um, kangaroo support from Adelaide. Yes. Good. But. Um, probably it got pointed out for the number one draft pick to actually go to Perth. Um, whether he actually wanted to go there or whatever, um, it starts to make me wonder with my club, with the picks they've had over the last few years and to where they've finished up, and I must admit, over the years, I'm disappointed would probably be the key word. I wouldn't say frustrated, probably more disappointed to be able to actually show so much but give so little. And it makes me wonder where we get all the picks 
yeah. to be able to actually move ahead. But do the kids actually want to come to the club? Well, and it's, Michael, it's a tough one because at the moment, the picks have been the last couple of seasons. You're not going to see those players really flourish. And, I mean, Sheasel had an incredible year this year. Wardlaw was good as well. Oh, he did, man. He, he did. But, Dan, have a look at where we finished. Without, I mean, without a doubt. The, the, the reality is, though, the turnover of the, of the list, 75% of the list is gone in the last three years. So it's going to take a few seasons. And, and there is – I would have to be a frustrated North Melbourne supporter. I've got a couple of mates that certainly are. And it's going to take a little bit of time. If, if they don't change things in the next couple of seasons, in terms of where they finish, something will have to change, and the AFL will certainly be doing something. But it's a good point, Michael. I was just happy to put it out there. No. Do you know what? There's probably SA members here that barrack for the team and they're all feeling the same. Without, you know, without I know it won't happen overnight, though, but it's, it's got to be in this is this has gone on for four or five years. Yeah, Michael. You know, uh, yeah, just, yeah. You're 100%, 100% right, and we appreciate you being part of the show, Michael. Um, I think the point I will say with that is they remind me a little bit of Brisbane 10 years ago or five years yeah, ago. Yeah, good call. And, uh, and with Brisbane, you just knew they weren't going to be good for a few years, and players didn't want to go there, Michael. But once you start to win some games and you show a little bit, all of a sudden, Joe Danaher goes, yeah, I'll go to Brisbane. You all of a sudden get Lincoln McCarthy, Lockie Neal. So it can change. They need to show a bit over the next two years, and then they will become a better club that maybe becomes a destination club and then they'll have success. Men's be alert and prepare this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update was thanks to new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high risk fire conditions. It's available at Bunnings. It's time for true or false. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. True or false is brought to us by Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. And before we get into it, uh, Mario's text in saying, my teeth are false and that is false. <laughs> Mario, I reckon you've kicked us off nicely there and you're right, they are false. Uh, not really. Uh, mine, Bonds, will start is the Wildcats will finish top of the NBL at the end of this season. Uh, that is false. Melbourne United will finish top. You know that. Yeah, I do. They lost the other day, so I just thought I'd throw that one in there. True or false, Port and the Crows will be in the Sandville in 2025. Uh, I think that's true. Unfortunately, I think it's true. I don't think it's good for the Sandville, but... Um, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens there. There's Hang on, a... last night you said it was good. It wasn't good if wait, they left. You said they. Were... I said they will be in in twenty twenty five in the sample. Yes, apologies, I heard that wrong. They'll be that's false. They'll be in the national reserves. Okay, uh, Bonds, a short will be the leading run scorer for the strikers in this big bash season. That is true. One of the two. Yeah, I like it. Matt Short. Probably. Maybe Darcy. But Darcy might have a comeback year. Zach Butters will finish top three in the Brownlow medal. True or false? False. Uh, look, it's hard to go back to back and finish in the top three in the Brownlow Medal. Like Bond and Pelly's done it, but uh, yeah, look, it's to have as good a season as uh, the next season around is always difficult as a player. Uh, Bonds, I've got one for you. The NBL needs a playing tournament like the NBA. Uh, false. No, 
not big enough yet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one last one for you. Removing CJ Bruton as 36's coach now is pointless as the Sixers season's already done. False. I think that uh, it changes things. We see when coaches leave a club, then all of a sudden there's energy. I'm not saying okay. sack him, but I think yep. it could change something. Well, actually, you are saying that. True or false, <laughs> cover a mistake. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. And we're here for Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Man's really looking forward. Stay with us, Adelaide United fans. Coming up very soon on the show, we're going to speak to their goalkeeper, Socceroos goalkeeper, Joe Gauchy, right here on the Summer Edition of Sports ASA. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Paul Bonds and Dan Menzel with you for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. You can be part of the show, the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, one 736 736 or text in 0427 154 uh, Really looking forward to talking to our next guest, men's. Uh, thanks to Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get the job done, shop in-store online. From Adelaide United, it is their superstar goalkeeper, Joe Gauchi. Joe, welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Thanks for having me, boys. Pleasure. Uh, look, not the result we wanted last night, but what were the positives to come away from the game? Um, yeah, I guess coming away from a loss, it's it's hard to sometimes see the positives. Um, I think was probably our response coming out of the half. Uh, our first half of football was definitely poor. We, you know, we knew that, um, and were probably a little bit fortunate to go in to halftime at two-two. Uh, I think our response from that, the way we came into the second half, was fantastic. Picked up a goal, um, and I thought, to be honest, had control of the game, and, and probably should have, uh, well, definitely should have seen the game out a lot better than we did. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. So four-three loss to Macarthur. You mentioned it. It was one of those games that really ebbed and flowed. It's uh, They're a good side, though. And away from home, back-to-back games away from home, they're never going to be easy. So although it is a loss, we're still there's still some real positives to take out of the match? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that you know you, you mentioned back-to-back away games and, and that they're a good, a good team. You know, I don't think we want to use any excuses uh, going into games. Um, you know, MacArthur themselves had travelled during the week um, to play in the in the AFC Cup, so you know they they were coming off difficult circumstances as well. So, no, I think away our way from home record has been fantastic, um, and in the past and and this season, and yeah, there was there's definitely positives to take from the game. Um, like I said, coming into the out of half time, our reaction was superb. The way we moved the ball was was fantastic. We had some really good passages to play, as well as in the first half. Um, you know, I don't want to write off the first half completely. I mean, we scored two goals. So, you know, you, you go into halftime scoring two goals, typically you, you'd have the have the lead. Um, so, you know, even not playing our best football, we'll still be able to create chances and be clinical in front of goals. So 
there's definitely some definitely positives to take from it. So how do we get that consistency across the full 90 minutes? Uh, we've obviously our best, I think our best football is as good as anyone in the competition, and I'm sure you agree with that. However, we've given up four goals to MacArthur, five to Sydney FC, so our worst obviously is nowhere near it. So how do we try and find that middle ground a little bit more throughout games? That's a great question, and, and I completely agree. You know, when we're at our best, we can match it with and be better than pretty much anyone in the league. Um, and I think we definitely showed that, you know, with the performances that we had um, over the, f- the first opening two rounds. Um, I think a lot of it is to to just do with, you know, our intent with and without the ball. Uh, I think last night, you know, sometimes we were a little bit static um, when we were in possession um, and, you know, really playing into MacArthur's hands. They're a team that they don't press too aggressively and they like to slow the game down. So we, we played into their hands with some slow ball movement and, and a lack of movement off the ball. Um, and also an, our intent when we don't have the ball, you know, we're under Kyle, we've been a side that's that's pressed very aggressively. And uh, as soon as we've lost possession, we're, we're looking to win it back straight away. Um, so no, that, that they're the main aspects that we want to, to try and improve on and want to be a team that plays with high intensity, both within in and out of possession. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, you know, there, there's some other factors as well, but, you know, I think overall um, in, in parts last night, we were, we were well at our best and our movement of the ball was fantastic. We have great midfielders that want to get in the ball and face forward. We have really threatening wingers that are really dangerous one-on-one. Um, and we have strikers that, that, are, that can be clinical in front of goal. So I think, you know, consistency is the, biggest thing but in a, in a team that also has young players that are playing every week you're going to have those inconsistencies also um, and I think it's unrealistic to expect um, you know teenagers to be able to perform week in week out consistently for 90 minutes they're going to have moments where they switch off um, but it's about us as you know more the more senior players in the team to to try and minimize those. Uh, senior player at 23 Two, aren't you, aren't you, Joe? Twenty-three now, maybe. Twenty-three. Twenty-three, 23. now. Uh, well, speaking of that, we spoke to a youngster, uh, Giuseppe Bobolina, last week, and Men's asked him about would he rather score a goal or give an assist to a goal. Last night he scored his first A League goal. He had arms and legs going everywhere as he headed a, headed the ball in. But I want to ask you about his development and how you've helped him and see his development early this early in the season. His development's been fantastic. Um, you know, Giuseppe is someone who's worked extremely hard at his craft. You know, he's come through the youth team um, over the past few, few seasons and has been, in, I guess, involved sporadically with the first team in terms of training. Um, this preseason, he's been involved, you know, this season from preseason, he was involved since day one. Um, and from day one of preseason to the Giuseppe Bobolina we're seeing now, starting in the A League, he, I don't want to say a completely different player because that would be, you know, a bit disrespectful to, to him prior, but the improvement has been massive. Um, he asks questions. He, he's very open to, to listening and receiving advice. Um, and, he, and he, you know, tries extremely hard to apply that. Um, and I think he's, he, he's seeing, you know, the fruits of his hard work now with, with starting in the A-League. And, and I'm not sure what you guys think, but I think he's, he's looked very comfortable and hasn't looked out of place. Um, and he is actually, despite his uh, his stature, is is very dangerous in the air, and, and we saw that last night with his headed goal. 
Yeah, no, he's going very well and he's got a bright future ahead of him. Now, Joe, we've had Carl Veard on here a few times and he doesn't shy away from the offensive game plan and and been really attacking. We're averaging nearly three goals a game. It's great for the players. It's great for the fans, but it might not be so great for the goalkeeper because <laughs> we conceded 60 shots at goal in the last three games. So how do you look at it going, yep, let's attack. All that, all that attack at times is great, but also at the same time, it comes down your own pretty quickly. Yeah, no, it's, it's just been our style of play. Um, the last couple of years is has been no different. Um, yes, we can score goals, but we also have a, I guess, a habit of conceding chances. Um, I, I think over the, it's something we work on extremely, like, you know, in a lot of detail through the preseason, our first two games, keeping back-to-back clean sheets and going away to victory and conceding one and, um, you know, not too many other real chances. We really had limited our teams in the, the teams in the opening three rounds. So I don't think it's fair to say that, you know, just because we're attacking team doesn't mean we we won't defend or we can't defend. We can defend and we've shown that, you know, last week against Western United away in Ballarat, the desire that the boys in front of me showed to block shots and to make it difficult for them was superb. So the we can do it. Um there are going to be times, yes, when we throw numbers forward and we're, we're going to be exposed to the back, but then it's about managing those situations. How can we be smarter? How, you know, what is our intent to then get back in and help the boys if they are outnumbered? So, no, I, I think you can play very attacking football as and be a good defensive side. Um, there's no reason for that. Yes, we are going to concede goals and be exposed at times. And that's when hopefully I can do my job and, and come up big with a save. But um, yeah, it's something we're working, you know, very hard at, and we we do understand and have recognised in the past that, you know, we we do give away, you know, probably too many chances than we would like. Um, but that's not to say we're just accepting and going, okay, well, if if, if we concede four, we're going to score five. That's not the sort of team we want to be. Um, you know, we want to be scoring four goals and conceding zero. Absolutely, and that's what my question was alluding towards is that you, we can't have the opposition having 20 shots a goal against you every game, Joe. I mean, you're, you're a great keeper and you're going to save a lot, but if you're having 20 uh, hit at you every single week, it might make it difficult. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm, I don't claim to be anything special, you know, and, and I'll come up with a save and, and, you know, I like to be able to, to make big saves in big moments, but it's not always going to happen and there's going to be plenty that get past me. Um, you know, it, it's just part and parcel of the sport. And the more opportunities that you give the opposition, the you know, the more that they're probably likely to, to take. So, no, it, it, in saying that, it, it's also about where we're you know giving away the the shots at goal. If we're if the opposition is resorting to shots from outside the box or shots on a tight angle, um, it is a lot tougher to score if then if we're giving them you know, shots six yards out with an open goal. So That's a great point. It, it's all about where we're conceding those chances to, I think is really important. Um, you know, there was probably in the opening games, I'm not sure what the stats are. You guys might have them, but we probably gave away just as many shots and say, a you know, a victory 1-1 draw away from home. Um, but a lot of those shots were on, you know, tight angles and not too many of them were clear-cut opportunities, which then plays into my, into my hands as a goalkeeper um, to make the save. Um, I think whereas, you know, you know, last night, for example, the chances that we were giving away were probably more clear cut and, and directly in front of goal um, and, you know, make it easier for the opposition. So 
I think, you know, the, the teams are always going to have chances, but it's about where are we forcing the team, you know, in what, what sort of areas are we forcing them into and what sort of shots, I guess, are we letting them have if, it, if it's from range or on a tight angle, like I mentioned. Yeah, it's a great point. The victory had 22 shots and uh, even the City the week before only had 13 shots they didn't score. So it's a really good point you make. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, something that happened that was pretty special earlier in the year. It was your debut for the Socceroos. Uh, I watched something uh, earlier, uh, or might have been a couple of weeks ago, where your parents went to the game just to watch you sit on the bench and then you were named in the side. Um, just want to ask you, one, your, your biggest memory from that night and what type of influence have your parents been on your career so far? Um. Oh, great question. Uh, I think the. I, I don't think I could put my finger on one specific memory from the from the night. Um, you know, I think the whole night in general is the biggest memory. You know, if I could bottle the emotions that I felt yes. after the after the game, um, you know, of pride and just happiness that I can had you know completed one of my childhood dreams. Um, you know, that feeling is. Was was unbelievable, um, and yeah, to be there and to have my parents, uh, to have my parents there, you know, to to watch me play in Marvel Stadium, the stadium that you know I think it was about two years and two weeks prior, I had made my Adelaide United professional debut in the exact same stadium. Um, you know, it was pretty special to have them there and to to have them come back to the hotel afterwards and just sort of share the moment too, um, and have a little bit of reflection about. You know how far I've come, and 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 they were were quite emotional, but extre- they've had extreme, um, you know, influence, a really strong influence on, on my career. And you know, they've no one in my family has ever played uh, football before. I'm I'm the first one. So in terms of giving me advice, you know, in, in with my craft, not not <laughs> so much I would say, but passing on, I guess, lessons in, in terms of you know how I go about things and the way that you apply yourself and um, the way that you, you know, treat people as well and, and respect. My dad was was a pretty handy golfer, and you know, etiquette in 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 golf is something that is is massive. Um, so growing up with those sorts of, I guess, traits having been passed down onto me, um, you know, in terms of the the dedication as well as just the way you go about things and, and the person that you are. So yeah, they've had massive influence on me, and and their continued support as I've got older and, and, you know, letting me leave home at 17 and, and leave the middle of my, the middle of my year 12 studies to, to go and sign with the Central Coast Mariners and pursue my, my childhood dream. You know, if I didn't have that, uh, that support, then I wouldn't be uh, in the position that I am today. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a great point And hopefully plenty more opportunities to come with the Socceroos. Last one before we let you go, Joe, we asked Giuseppe who his team is around the world that he follows. If he's passionate about another team, he said AC Milan. We asked the Ryans, Tunnicliffe and Kiddo. They both said they're big Man United fans. Do you follow another team passionately? Yeah, Manchester City. So oh, good rivalry. Uh, <laughs> myself and myself and Zach Clough. Yes. Um, you know, so we're always going a big, big city supporters, and always uh, throwing some banter around with the with the United ones as well. Are you, cons- so, are you concerned yeah, at the no. moment with the uh, allegations and investigations? <laughs> yeah, look, <laughs> come back to me in about six months' time and when we could be in League Two. So um, <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But, I mean, if Everton's, um, yeah. you know, sanctions, anything to go by, it could be 
could be pretty bad. <laughs> Joe, appreciate your time. Uh, big game Sunday. You play the Brisbane Roar at home on Sunday. They are now jumped one point ahead of us. So um, a big game, almost a double points game. Uh, if you can knock them off and move back ahead of uh, the Roar, that would be great. So thanks for joining us and continue your good form, my friend. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Joe Gauchi, the keeper for Adelaide United. Uh, it speaks so well, Sensational man. chat, that was. Um, you have spoken for another half an hour. And you're right, he's 23 years of age. You're just you can, you can tell in talking to him, as a 23-year-old, you can tell he's one of the leaders at that club. Now, there is a younger group there, absolutely, but he does talk and he, he's clearly more mature than what his age says. So yes. he spoke very well there. And I even threw in the questions about, are we too attacking potentially? And he could easily say, hey, yeah, I'm letting a few goals in, but uh, they're coming down pretty quick. He didn't say that at all. He said, no, no, that's our game plan. And we just got to make sure that we uh, we play both ends of the or both ends of the ball. So a great chat. I think they'll be okay. Just some big losses uh, or some big conceding games, the four against MacArthur and five against Sydney, but they'll get that right. Yeah. Um, just have a listen. Maybe we'll finish this uh, chat off with a, a bit of a word from his coach, Carl Viet, on the defensive lapses during the game. Uh, very disappointed. We were too um, passive most of the night uh, defensively. And even a little bit when we had the ball, um, yeah, we had some good moments at times, but um, you know, overall the game was just far too inconsistent and made far too many errors. You know, defensively we were turning balls over and not defending, you know, the way we wanted to defend. Yeah, we just made it uh, very difficult for ourselves all night. Yeah, they they did. They did make it difficult for yes. themselves. And Carl did mention that, that they just they looked a bit lackluster, particularly on defence. Might also have a listen to him talking about the desperation in the game from his own players. Yeah, look, it's it's a, a belief thing, isn't it? At times, you know, tonight we you know were good for you know five ten minute spells and then just very poor for large periods of it. Um, and it's it's a focus and, and a concentration and and a desperation. Um, and you know tonight, you know, McCarthy. McArthur players were more desperate and hungrier to win. Yeah, interesting comments there from Carl Viet. I mean, that comes with a young group as well, the inconsistency. Of course. Uh, but also I think that because they are such or play such an attacking style, you almost back in, all right, we've conceded one. That's all right. We'll, we'll get the next one. We'll just keep going. And then we get them and then we're in front and we might score another one. And so that's just where the lapses potentially come in. Um, but, uh, yeah, those comments there from Carl were obviously to the media, but a little bit directed at his players too that, um, yeah, we needed to sharpen things up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to get down there Sunday to uh, Cooper Stadium at Highmarsh as they take on the Brisbane Roar. And as I mentioned, they beat the Roar and they'll move ahead of them on the ladder. Men's, it's time for your All-American update. Curry, long distance. It is, and we'll start with the NBA, but first, Bonds. It's brought to us by Tire Power. Big December deal is on now. Where you go. <laughs> and so on the NBA, there's currently at the moment, if you've seen any of the games today and if you see any games mm. tomorrow and over the next week, 
you watch and you'll see and you'll think, wow, why are the courts coloured in, in such a different colour to what they normally are? There's a bit going on there. Uh, each team has got their own uh, design on it. Well, what that is, is that's the NBA in-season tournament, which is new this year. It is. The winning team takes home how much money? I don't know. It's about a million dollars. That's what I thought, yep. I, but I could, didn't want to say it. No, I? so it's about a million dollars that the winning team takes home. So... They were, they're into the quarterfinals. So today's quarterfinals, the Sacramento Kings, um, they played against the New Orleans Pelicans. They lost. The Pelicans, too good, 127 to 117 on the back of some nice work from Zion Williamson uh, and uh, Valentinus in that one. In the other game, the Pacers upset your Celtics. They did. The Pacers, are, they're the best, oh, we're talking about LA United, best offensive team in the in the whole league at the moment, the Pacers. 122 to 112. So they advance. Tomorrow, the Bucks take on the Knicks and the Lakers take on the Suns. That'll be a great game. So we'll see who wins that one. And the in-season tournament will play out as the rest of the week goes on. That will finish and then we'll get Finishes back to... Finishes Sunday? Is yeah, right? it does. Yeah. Sunday. We'll get back to the regular season. And so we'll just have a look at our top five teams uh, at this stage. We'll do this sort of every week, and we'll go through the top five teams. Hasn't been too much movement here. I've got, at number five, I've gone the Phoenix Suns. Their their form has been very good. They lost their game the other day. But I've got them at number five. We just know the firepower with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant is Durant. there. At number four, this team's gone five and five in the last ten games. It hasn't been the best stretch for them, but Jamal Murray's been out. The Denver Nuggets are at number four. We know how good they can be, and... There's still every chance to go back-to-back this season. At number three, they're starting to find their groove now is the Milwaukee Bucks. They had some defensive woes early days because Drew Holiday is gone, but they look a far better team now than what they did at the start of the season. At number two, the story so far of the season is the Timberwolves. They are they are the second-best record in the NBA. They are great to watch. Anthony Edwards, if you haven't seen him play, will be a superstar in this league for a long time to come, which means that at number one, the Boston Celtics are still the number one, the best team in the NBA. Again, Orlando Magic, very stiff. Keep doing what you're doing, and they'll jump into the rankings. On the back of Smoke and Joe. They will. Now, let's get to the NFL, Bonds. Um, Some matchups from this weekend. Well, today's game was an interesting game. The cracking game today. It was. It really was. There's been some cracking games of late. The Jacksonville Jaguars took on the Cincinnati Bengals. Jaguars, unfortunately, went down in overtime, 31-34. to But the more concerning news for them is their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, an ankle injury. You just hope it's not going to be season-ending because they currently lead their division. They're in the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs if he can get himself right. He did walk down the tunnel, assisted, but he was walking on it. So that's probably a good sign. Yeah, it is. And ankles are usually those ones. You you prefer it to be an ankle than a foot or a knee, for example. So it might be a one, two, three weeks, you hope. Um, And they should be able to still make the playoffs. A couple of other big games. The Packers upset the Chiefs, 27-19. So last year's Super Bowl winners, just staggering or just sort of in a bit of a low at the moment, as were the Eagles on the weekend. My Eagles went down to the San Francisco 49ers, 42-19. to Now, I'm not too concerned with the stretch that the Eagles have had. They've taken on the Chiefs, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the 49ers the last four weeks. That is difficult. Yeah. But the 49ers look as good as anyone now in the competition. They right now, rightfully so, are the Super Bowl favorites. They had a great win. And in a couple other matchups, the Dolphins, they took care of the Commanders, 45-15. to 15. Your Patriots didn't score against the Chargers, 6 to nothing. Yeah. That was not pretty. What a great game that would have yeah. been to watch. <laughs> I missed it. So if we get to our top five teams in the NFL, 
I've gone, I, I didn't want to put them in there because they are the direct rivals of the Philadelphia Eagles, but I've had to off the back of their form recently. The Dallas Cowboys come in at number five. Yep. They play like against Philadelphia this week. So this is a massive game coming up. The Baltimore Ravens are number four. They have claims to win the Super Bowl this year, and they are going to have a really good seeding. I like what they're doing. Number three is the Miami Dolphins. Speaking of a team that's good to watch and a team that's under, still going under the radar, they are currently leading their conference. They are. Nine, nine and three? Yeah, they have the one seat uh, in the AFC. So they're in a great position. At number two, I've kept Philly at number two. I think it's a game that just didn't go their way. They'll be okay. And at number one, clearly at number one, it is San Francisco, the 49ers, the best team in it, which means that I've moved the Chiefs outside of the top five. Which is incredible. It is. They've got Patrick Mahomes. They've got Travis Kelsey. They are the Super Bowl winners, but they, their form of late has been really poor. They lost to the Broncos. The Packers beat them on the weekend. Uh, there is some concerning signs for the Chiefs. They're not the team that they were last year. They can turn it around, but I don't think the Chiefs, I'm going to say it right now, will win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I, I think... I'm rolling I them think out. That, well, there's teams ahead of them at the moment, as you said. The other issue is, if Travis Kelsey doesn't have 10 catches in the game and a touchdown or two, there is no other options they've got. Pacheco's their running back, but otherwise they can't win. So I am calling it right now. The Chiefs won't win the Super Bowl this year. Before we go, Mens, is that the Taylor Swift curse? <laughs> it's a great call, It's what they're calling it. It's without a doubt the Taylor Swift curse. <laughs> Shout out to Taylor. <laughs> we love her. But we, we do. She's causing some issues in uh, Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been another jam-packed show. Wasn't go, uh, Joe Gauchy, just a fantastic chat from Adelaide United. And once again, don't forget to get down there on Sunday and support uh, the Reds. Without a doubt, get down there Sunday. Tomorrow night, we're going to give our Big Bash tips for the Big yes. Bash Marathon. Starts yes. Thursday night, the Big Bash. Oh, it's been a great night again. Thanks for joining us on the summer edition of Sports Day SA. We'll do it all again tomorrow at uh, 6 o'clock right here on Cruise 1323 and your home of sport. SENSA. See you tomorrow, everyone.